All right, thank you for being here tonight. Uh, we're in Joshua 4 again, uh, and we, we were there Sunday morning. There's so much stuff in, in the Joshua that you just hate to kind of uh, leave it, uh, but it is exciting. Uh, let me tell you, uh, I guess maybe before we start, uh, I should ask you, uh, you're, you're, the, you're the hometown crop in the group, and uh, others are scattered all over the building. Last Wednesday night, we had five children saved in uh, children's ministry there that led to the Lord. And, and uh, so we, we're just praising God for what's going on. Our young people are continuing to grow, and they're, they're going to take off and do a mission trip uh, in Arlington in apartment complexes. Uh, and uh, they've been teaching children's church last week and this, work, this week to get them kind of in the groove and everything and go. And I, I just, uh, man, I just praise God for the goodness that he just showers around us. But uh, asking you, anybody got any questions? I know Sunday morning I flew through like a bullet uh, because I didn't want to take any more time than we just had to take. But if you've got a question, I'll take just a moment here before we get started. Anything about the building program, about where we are, uh, or, or any question you need to ask. I've had some good questions asked, uh, and uh, you may have those same ones. So if you got one, just speak up and ask it. We, the city council won't meet until next week. The, the problem we got is our city council lady uh, is the one that really needs to bring it up, but she has refused to. So she basically told us, do whatever you want to. The city council is going to vote like I tell them to vote because this is my district. Now, that's why uh, starting tomorrow, uh, those phone calls to Miss Kristen Ishiara, uh, you know, just pile them on, pile them on. Go for it, whatever, emails, phone calls, whatever. Uh, I did meet with the city council lady today. Uh, I've been trying to get an appointment with the mayor. It looks like it may be a week to a week and uh, 10 days before I can get in to see him. Uh, but uh, uh, we're in the process of doing that. Met with the city councilwoman this afternoon. She does not think like that, and she's very favorable, and I think we'll see some positive results from that. But uh, the deal is the pressure. Uh, for example, our council lady, uh, was one of them that voted to re repeal the fact, if you remember over here on, at the corner of, uh, uh, what street do y'all live on? Uh, Eden and, and uh, uh, Eastman, Eden and Eastman. Uh, 16 years, there had been a no alcohol anywhere in that area. There's an elementary school down the road. She's one of them, though, that voted to appeal that. Uh, and uh, now she told us the reason she couldn't support de-annexation. I'm, I'm not talking hearsay. I'm telling you what I heard her say. She said, I would not be able to go to sleep at night if a kid got hurt and was outside the city limits and we de-annexed you. And I'm thinking, but I don't guess it makes any difference if a drunk runs over a school bus next to the school. Uh, but the difference was the builder is a big name guy in Longview and owns a bunch of hotels and everything. And so that's what it was for. So, uh, but we're still pressing on, and, and that's, our, that's our hope. It's okay to call, yeah, yeah, 
You can do email and call. If you've got three email addresses, send them three emails. Uh, yeah, you've got three phone numbers, dial all three of them. Yeah, great. Any other question? Well, you know, when somebody wants to make an excuse, it's kind of like church. When they tell you, well, you know, I'd come to church, but you can fill in anything you want to after the but. Uh, but it's not going <laughs> to, it's just an excuse. So uh, I don't think that's that big a problem. Our, our main concern here, honestly, is that if we have a building inside Harrison County and we have another building inside the city of Longview and you dial 911, the dispatcher is going to not know who to send because you've got, we've got buildings in both entities. So, uh, you know, they would love for me to say, well, just it, take us back in the city everywhere is what they'd love to. But the fire marshal's already told us that if we build in the city and connect the building, that we will have to go back and upgrade every one of these buildings we've got, which literally would. You talk about putting in sprinkler systems and all of that, uh, literally would bankrupt the church. So, okay. Any other, yes, sir. Well, n number one alternative would be to uh, decrease the size of the building. Not that building. We, we, we own, it looks like we got plenty of property out here, but there's a high-pressured gas line that angles through this building. Uh, when you get to the... No, they set up their thing to drill under the road and everything at that angle. Well, but that, that, yeah, no, they did that. They set up at the, in Corky's property at the very back of it. And they set up over here. But that's a straight shot the way those poles go. Now, if they relocated it, they didn't tell us they relocated it. Yes. Yes. Well, it's outside the city, so you can blaze anything you want to. Yeah. <laughs> no, if this this is a very high pressured pipeline here. This is not just a little four-inch line. I've got how big it is, but it, you know, if it goes, we're all going to be in heaven uh, as soon as the ashes come back down. Ethylene. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you how... I'll I, I tell you how sensitive they are on that pipeline. There's a, a plane that flies over two or three times a week. Every, I mean, like clockwork. 
You can move a bulldozer over there, just let it sit there, and they'll be out here within the hour saying, what, what, what do y'all think to do? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, we can pretty well mark it. There's a, there's a post standing up out here by the driveway, and there's another post down at the end of our property. And so it, I mean, I don't think those things are going like that. I think no, it's going to be. Straight, but all you got to do is call 811, tell them you fix the dig, and they'll be out here with a line locator, and they'll mark it Johnny on the spot right where it's at. Okay. I want to say that's a 50-foot right-of-way in that one. Each side. Uh, but but, but le le lessing, lessing the building, cutting it down to make it fit. Um, the other option, uh, and I'll be honest with you, that was my proposal to start with. And I got, you know, the building grounds, the church went a different direction, and I'm with them. Sold out 100%, but my, my real first dream of the thing, I'll be honest, was to tear down this old children's building and move the new building right up to the main highway to be level with the auditorium so that when you drove by, the thing you would see would be the new Woodland Hills Baptist Church. Uh, but we wanted to keep that one to make offices with. Now, no one's done a cost analysis on it, but our architect told us that we could probably build a new additional building cheaper than we could gut this one and, and redo it. So that's one of the options. If we tear that down and move it all the way up, it fits and we're not in the city. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's not 100 foot. This new building is 100 by 100. No. That's about 60 foot. We, we need to pray and, and then we need to pray like everything depends on God and work like everything depends on your phone calls. And uh, it, it, some of you who are new, we've been through this before. You hit the right you know, button and we'll be all right. Well, <laughs> that's happened before, yeah. and all we had, and, and I, you know, I shared with the mayor tonight, uh, uh, just on the voicemail, I said, you know, this thing's coming down to another stand down, and I'm not sure that the publicity would be good for the church or good for the city, either one, so hopefully we're going to see something done. Someone asked, well, why are we here at this position anyway? Why didn't we have this stuff handled? We, we were assured it would be handled, uh, but it didn't get handled. So that's why we're where we are uh, today. Well, we're, we're, I mean, we're, this is not going to stop us. We're going to go on. Uh, we're just not sure where we're going to go on. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, what's that? Uh, 
Well, we'd have to knock down uh, Christie's house to get a 100-foot building in there. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that you'd be facing this problem at DNX before we started talking about building the building? <clears throat> yes, and, and we talked with uh, some people in the city, and they told us, don't worry about it. It would be taken care of. Now, they're still on our side, but, you know, they're not, they're not jumping up and down now to step out there. there there's, there's one person in the city that's nipped it, one. He's the head of the developmental services. Yes, ma'am. Well, I don't know. <laughs> You do whatever God lays on your heart. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Be nice. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? All right. All right. Joshua chapter 4. And we went over the uh, scripture Sunday and read it. I'm not going to reread it again. I just want to touch base maybe on a little bit about memorials again. We talked about the family and what our kids need today, how to teach them truth. One of the ways, I want to tell you, one of the best ways I've seen anybody teach truth in this church was what Brother Aaron did Sunday morning with the kids. I guarantee you those kids will know it's nothing but the blood until the day Jesus comes just because of that learning activity right there. So we need to teach our children to be on a spiritual plane. We need to teach them to be separated from the world and to come out from among them to, to have a worldview. Very few people have a worldview anymore. Uh, they, just, very few people believe the Bible is the inerrant word of God. They say, oh, yeah, it can have error in it. Let me tell you, if this book can have error in it, then everything we're standing on is subject to be wrong. If this book could be error, uh, and I've told you this before, the biggest error to me uh, is not that, that he would feed 5,000 people, not just men, not counting women and children. The biggest error to me would not be that he opened up the Red Sea or the Jordan River. The biggest error to me, if this book has an error in it, I would bet you the error would be that somebody in heaven left glory, came to be born in a manger, live a life, be crucified on a cross, be buried in a tomb, rise again, just so I could be saved. You want to know what sounds impossible? That sounds impossible to me. That, uh, that, a, that a God who would love me that much to die so that I could have eternal life, that's what sounds impossible to me. So we understand the Bible is the Word of God. Now, we, we, we're going to be celebrating Memorial Day, and we love to do that. The reason we love to do it is because we have big barbecue, and we have hamburgers and all that, and games and everything. It's always fun. But Memorial Day is here for a purpose. It's to remind us of the men and women that gave their life uh, uh, for, for our country there. And so verse 7 in chapter 4 says this, You'll answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. 
So literally, he said, listen, you answer your kids when they say, what meaneth these stones? You say, this is where the water was cut off. Now, you remember we talked about that? You can heat corn, you can heat wheat, you can heat, you know, different things like that. Uh, but they, nobody ever heaped water. But that's what Jesus did. That's what God did when he separated the Jordan River. The water was heaped up. And uh, so what, what that shows us, let me just summarize a little bit of what that shows us. Number one, it shows us when those people set those stones up, it shows us the power of God. The power of God. I'm afraid the reason that we don't see more answers to our prayers is we're just not really sure that God can do what he says he'll do. I mean, you know, even when we pray, we pray generalized, Lord, bless me. Well, how do you want him to bless you? You, you, you know, man, be careful with that. Uh, I don't want the Lord sending my wife another baby at 62 years old. I can tell you that'd be a blessing, but I don't tell you what, it's not one that I'm wanting to pray for right now. You know, but we're scared. You know why we're scared to be specific? Because God may not do what he says he'll do. And I'm not saying God gives us everything, but I'm telling you when you're praying according to the word of God and the will of God, you ask what you will and God will grant it. But it's according to his thing. So he's powerful. How did he show he was powerful? Well, number one, he, he delivered them. They've been wandering around 40 years over there. And now God has delivered them. And you know the reason that they were wandering around? It was disbelief and rebellion. They said, hey, we know it's everything they said, but look, man, we can't do that. That's called disbelief. That's disbelief. I, every, every week people are still saying, well, it doesn't look like we're going to get enough money to build that building. That's called disbelief. We, we, it's going to, listen, we're going to have to trust God and by faith trust God. It's the same thing about family members that we're praying for. I'll just tell you right now, if you're praying for a family member to be saved, but you don't think he'll ever be saved, you just well quit praying for him. You need to pray believing that God will do what he says he'll do. So disbelief, he delivered the people there uh, after uh, all of that dwelling time, 430 years of dwelling in Egypt. Much of that time they were enslaved and in bondage and God brought his people out with a mighty hand. I'll tell you, I, I really think it would probably do every one of us good that we were talking in staff meeting today about what to do at Easter egg hunt and all and Chrissy's got this thing lined up. She's got bumper cars coming this year too. What a hoot that's going to be. But you know what she said the number one thing like, kids like to do? We just can't figure out a way and we may figure out a way yet. But the number one thing kids like to do is paint rocks. Oh, good. Are you serious? They go nuts over painting rocks. The problem is the paint don't dry quick enough. And they end up leaving with paint all over their hands. And then it gets in the cars. And then it, it's a mess, you know. So if we do paint rocks, we've got to figure out a way to hit them with a dryer or something and dry them quick or do something. I believe that it would do every one of us good to go home tonight take a rock put it out by our front porch and say this is going to remind me of the day that i gave my heart to jesus christ see some have been saved so long we forgot what it's like we forgot what it's like to be living in bondage 
We forgot what it's like to not have any peace. We forgot what it's like to be troubled and worried over everything. And, and I want to tell you, but there was a time when Jesus came in and changed us. And we need to remember that. That's what this stone was to remember. They were being delivered. And I want to tell you something. We've been delivered from something far worse in the wilderness. Far worse. He's got the keys to heaven and hell and death. And he has delivered us. Death, where's thy sting? It's not there anymore because he's delivered us from it. So it, it, it is the power of God, his deliverance, and then his guidance. His guidance. Uh, man, don't you know they must have known every spot out there in that wilderness? They've been wandering in it 40 years. <laughs> they wandered around, and yet he guided them. Uh, the truth be known, I, I don't know this that I could prove this, but I'm thinking probably Moses is probably the only one of them that had ever been out of the borders of Egypt. Those people had been in bondage, tied up down there in Egypt, in slavery there. They, they, they didn't take no, no vacations and fly up to, uh, to any other foreign country. They stayed right there in Egypt. Moses is probably the only one that's even been out of all of Egypt to start with. They had no idea which way to go when they left Egypt. Uh, they, they were scared. They, they led them to the Red Sea. God did. And when it seems like they would all perish, he parted the Red Sea. They went through on dry ground. And then, of course, he put the Red Sea back together, destroyed the entire uh, uh, Egyptian army there. What a blessing. Man, that shows the power of God. And that's what he's trying to tell them there. Uh, when, when they took off, they had no idea where Canaan was. These were all slaves. And yet they're being led out of Egypt to the promised land. A land of milk and honey. A land of plenty. And all of that. Fruits. Man. But they didn't know where that was. They'd never been there before. I just wonder in, in my life. Where, where would I be if the Lord hadn't led me? Now, there are some times in my life when I think the Lord was leading this and I didn't do it, and it always got, got me in trouble. But really, the real truth of it is, you're here sitting here on a Wednesday night listening to the Word of God because the Lord has led you through life to get you where you are today. That's the power of God. That's the power of God. I, I don't have time to tell any illustration. I sure wish I could, but I, I won't. Then the power of God talks about his abundance. His abundance. Uh, delivering, them, <laughs> delivering them from Egypt would have been good enough. They're not in slavery anymore. They're free. But then they came, and Numbers talks about the brook of Eskel, cut down from a branch with a cluster of grapes, and they bear it. But you understand what they said when that committee went over there? It took two of them to haul that cluster of grapes back to where the people were. We're not talking about some little old grapes like we buy down here at Sam's or Walmart. Man, these things were gigantic. It was more like a plum or something. You know, I, that's big. Put them on a pole and two guys carried back. And they said, uh, we came with the land and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. We too have received his abundance. God has blessed us. 
And uh, we, we need to remember that. That is the power of God. But not only do you see the power of God represented in those stones at Gilgal, but you also see the presence of God. Joshua said, pass over in verse 5, before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of Jordan, take ye up every man a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of tribes. People journeyed through the wilderness, setting up the tabernacles. They stopped along the way. They carried the ark of the covenant with them there. It was honored. It was a special time. You see, their literal, their presence, to prove to them the presence of God was there, meant they could have the ark of the covenant. Now, we don't have to have the Ark of the Covenant anymore because we're indwelt with the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you, the same presence, though, that was in that Ark of the Covenant is indwelt in us, too. We just don't have to look for it. We, we already have it. <clears throat> I was at a prayer meeting uh, last night and, and uh, uh, yesterday afternoon, and, and this guy was praying, and he said, Lord, I... I just want more of your Holy Spirit. And uh, when it was over with, he's a friend of mine, a pastor. I said, you do know you can't get more of the Holy Spirit, don't you? Well, no, I want more. I said, well, what do you want? You want an arm? You want a leg? You want a foot? What do you want? The Holy Spirit's not a it. It's a he. So you either have him or you don't have him. Now, the difference is, you can have him control more of your life. I remember when all that revival was going on down in Florida, I had people after people saying, we're going to go down there and see if we can't bring some of that back. <laughs> like you're going to put the Holy Ghost in a jar and bring him back down here. You either have the Holy Spirit or you don't. And the key to having what he quotes more of the Holy Spirit, it means that we're more dead and then he has more to work with. But I'm going to tell you, as long as we're full of ourselves and we're full of our own ideas and we're full of everything, all the pride and the arrogance and all the things that we think we're somebody, the Holy Spirit don't have any room to come into us. He can only operate what we give up and surrender to Him. That's why we need to say, Lord, I give up. I give up. You come in, you fill me, you show me what to do. God is not interested in watching what you can do for God. God is interested in watching when you surrender what the Holy Spirit can do through you. It makes a lot of difference. So the presence of God, the presence always rested upon the ark. It was a holy of holies behind the veil, and there his presence. Uh, I, I want to tell you something. Now, and I'm not being prejudiced. People say I am. All the preachers say I am. But uh, I, I've sensed the presence of God in this building. I mean, I know He's been here. He's here. You say, well, how do you know it? Well, I know when he ain't here. That's how you can tell when he is, because you know when he ain't. And there are times when he's not. But I tell you, man, it, you know, you can sense the Holy Spirit of God in this building. That's the presence of God. Being near the ark ensured being near to the Lord. And uh, you got to remember the believers weren't indwelt in, that, in the way that we are today. So they, the closer they could get to the ark, the closer they were to the presence of God. But the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. The more we surrender to Him, the closer we are to God. That's why, don't tell me that you've been in no prayer meeting and God's just come down on you and you get out of there and walk 
like you can strut standing up. You, that, no, the, when you get with God, you'll realize how big God is and how small you are. You'll realize that He is perfection and you are far, far away from that. So they, they, the, the saved are indwelt with the Holy Spirit and we enjoy His presence wherever we are. Uh, and maybe we need to be reminded that we need to stay close to the Lord. We need to stay close to Him. And then God was near to them in the midst of the Jordan. Uh, he said, take the stones, come up and bring them up to Gilgal. Uh, what, what, what a promise of the goodness of God. We, we may have to go through some trouble. The Bible says that... that um, you know, that we're going to go through trouble and tribulation, but be of good cheer, he says, I've, I've overcome the world. In this world, it doesn't say you might have or you could have. He said in this world, you will have uh, a tribulation and trials and trouble. I, I understand that. And there are some troubled waters in this life. But I want to tell you the glorious thing about this is we don't have to go through those troubled waters alone. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. You talk about a promise from God. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. So when we're going through troubled waters, he's going right through troubled waters with us also. What a blessing. Uh, if he's brought us to it, he'll take us over on the other side. So you've got the power of God that's here, and then you've got the presence of God that's here, and then thirdly, you've got the promise of God. All of this was done to provide a reminder of the promise and the provision of God. That's what he said, get the stones for. Because one day your kids are going to say, what meaneth these stones? These stones mean that our God is powerful. Our God is, is, is the presence is with us. And he's never left us. The promise that he made us, he's still keeping that promise today. Now, he said, take the 12 men out of the... Uh, one tribe, one man for every tribe there. And so Joshua called together, and they did that. And uh, here's the thing, though. There's only one man out of every tribe that's going down there to get the stones. But here's the glorious thing. Everybody benefited from it. Everybody benefited. See, you may never be able to sing like Brother Aaron, but boy, don't you benefit from it. I mean, you know, you, you may never be able to play a guitar like Buddy Lottery, but don't you benefit from it. I mean, it's a blessing. And even though most of these people didn't go down there and get a stone, they had a representative that got a stone, but they were in the same congregation and they all benefited from it. That's the promise of God. That he benefits. And it's the same way in blessings in our day. Uh, uh, I'm thankful. I, I was sharing with a lady just a few minutes ago, and uh, she was saying, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it all the way to heaven. In fact, her very words are, I might be the one that's holding the fan on those who are going to hell because she didn't think she had done enough. And I said, ma'am, let me tell you, your dependence of whether you go to heaven or hell has nothing to do with how much you've done. It has to do with, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you know that he's the only way and that his blood shed on Calvary is how you get saved? She said, oh, I know that. I said, then you need to stand in the promises of God. 
She said, well, my church just preaches a lot about works. And I said, I do too. I wish I could tell all our people, if you don't work for the Lord, you're going to hell. I believe we'd have a lot more here on Wednesday night. Huh? I mean, you know, when you think you're going to miss the bear. But I can't do that. Jesus said, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. John 10, 28, and, and uh, 27, 28, I give unto them eternal life. They'll never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. No man can pluck them out of my hand. I want to tell you right now, when Jesus gets a hold of you, you ain't going to get loose from him. It's for security. It's for the rest of our lives. It's for eternity. So the works, should they come? Yeah. But the works ought to be a benefit of what you've been saved for. You know, everybody wants to quote, Baptists are bad about it. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. By grace are we saved, not of works. Any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. I, I always say, well, what does verse 10 say? Verse 10 says that we're created in his image for his workmanship. Well, don't that just blow everything up? I mean, you got grace here, and now you want me to work? Oh, let me tell you, when you experience the grace of God, you're going to want to work. I mean, you'd be like one of them nosy people, just let me in. I want to get in here and do something for the glory of God. And then uh, I'm thankful that that's all he requires is simply being part of the family of God. If you're part of the family of God, you got a ticket to get in here. I mean, you're out of here. That's going to be glorious. Now, there's some people think that they're not going to be out. I think we're going to be out in the rapture, but some people don't think that. It's all right. But i just tell you this right now. i got enough devil in me that if we're on our way up together and I know you're one of those think you're going through the tribulation, I'm going to go, na 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 We were right. I think the rapture's going to happen. Then I think the Lord's going to come back and defeat the Antichrist, and I think he's going to reign. Well, anyway, he gives us also a testimony. He said that this might be a sign among you. That's why it's important even when calling these people uh, and, and dealing with people, that we do it in a Christian spirit. Because I want to tell you, the greatest thing we've got is our testimony. And if we lose it, we lose everything. There are going to be people trying to ruin our testimony all the time. You know, all the time. The devil's always out. The devil's always out. He'd love to destroy this church. He would love to destroy your family. He would love to destroy anything. Especially, uh, and he'd love to... I heard about that college professor that asked us, he saw a student kind of going to sleep, and he said, uh, son, uh, the statistics show that one of the problems with college students is, is uh, apathy and, and they don't care, and, uh, or ignorance and they don't care. Get me right. Ignorance and apathy was what it was. And the kid looked up and he said, I don't know and I don't care. And that's what a lot of people do today. I don't know and I don't care. God help us to not ever be complacent. When we get complacent, we have no right to expect the hand of God to bless this church. If we're not going forward, if we're not reaching every lost person we can reach, we have no right. We've already watered things down so much, even in our budgets and everything, that we're spending less and less. Now, we're not here. We're spending still even more. But we need to be spending far more. The whole task of the church is to win people to Jesus. Let me ask you something. 
What's going to be good if we taught them how to play volleyball and they still go to hell? That's no good. What, 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 what's it going to benefit? Brother Clark said this, if we feed them and give them food and then they leave there and still go to hell, what's that going to benefit them? Our number one task is to get out the gospel. That's it. And yet the real truth is, that's the poorest thing we do in this church. That's the poorest thing we do. He said, you need to have a testimony that, 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 that your kids, uh, and, and oh, oh, I'm almost out of time, but I, we'll take just a moment. Because <laughs> I, I got to thinking when I was writing this and going over this, how long has it been when we just kind of bragged on the Lord? We just kind of got up and just told the Lord we're proud of him because of what he's done for us. We just kind of bragged on the Lord. So I saved a few minutes here, not many, but I saved a few minutes here where you can just stand up and say, let me tell you what the Lord did for me. I know it was him. I was talking to a lady today, and she said uh, she was changing jobs, and she said, I know the Lord did it. And she's a sweet uh, lady there. I said, well, how do you know the Lord did it? She said, they called me in that office, and they said, you're not going to work anymore for this person. You're going to work over here on this side. And she said, I knew that I was getting out of the office of the devil. The man I worked for was the devil. And she said, all of a sudden, those lights blinked three times in that building. On, off, on, off, on, off. She said, she raised her hand and she said, I know that was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and I'm out of here. <laughs> and she, she was just telling me what God had done. Somebody tell me what, what the Lord's done for you. Don't be bashful. Amen. Thank you, Ms. Linda. Somebody else, just what the Lord's done. Well, I can tell you, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is Ms. Linda over here, and this is Ms. Barbara McDaniel here. Y'all need to know these sweet people. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's right. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah. Amen. Who, who said something over there? Yes. That's, a, that's good. That's a miracle. Yep. Yep. Anybody else? I'm older, 
It's it's a you're older. Oh, thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, I want to tell you, it can happen. Mm. We had just eaten supper with Aunt Esther May, and uh, taking her back to her room, and she's doing great, feeling great, cutting up, laughing, all that. Fifteen minutes later, she's dead. A blood clot cut loose, and that's it. That's it. Uh, we don't know. We don't know. Man, we need to be praying for this family up here in uh, Diana, a little nine-year-old girl, precious little girl. Uh, and for the person that, that uh, was driving the vehicle, I mean, man, can you imagine what that's going to be like? And, hmm. Uh, Anyone else? Amen. Now, are you saying that's the Lord is good? <laughs> I love this couple. I tell you, God's going to use them in some great ways here. And Michael comes from a tremendous church uh, over in Chandler. Tremendous church. So, anybody else? One time for one more. Yes, sir, Daniel. Hmm. God's been good. He has been good. Lord, we're grateful today for just the joy to be able to fellowship together. We pray that uh, our kids and young people, God, as they're getting ready to leave, I pray, Lord, you'll keep your hand on those old buses and that, uh, Lord, I, I pray if it's your will, you'd hold that rain off and let them get home first. And, but God, protect them and watch over them. Take care of every need that might come up there. And, uh, Lord, I pray for us as a church, God, that we would just continue to be faithful and trust you and walk in your will. And, Lord, uh, whatever the outcome is, we're, we're going to trust that you know what's best for us. And uh, so we love you and we praise you. We pray for those that are on this prayer list, so many of them. God, I pray that, that you would just touch them and heal them in a divine way. And we give you praise for everything in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shirley Perkins uh, went to the emergency room night before last. And the doctor said she's got to be watched. She, she had fallen a couple of times. The doctor said she's got to go to a hospital and spend the night. And they got connections at the hospital, but there was not a room anywhere in Longview. The guy at regional said, I've got 10 critically ill people in the hallway that there's no room for. That's how full our hospitals are uh, right now. So you pray uh, for all this flu junk, pneumonia, and all of this. Pray. Amen. And then pray. We're going to have an organ repairman here tomorrow, and you pray that he knows what he's doing and can get our organ back working. Amen? It's on that paper. Yeah. Yeah. It's on, it's, it's working on it right now. 